0: Yo, what's good, everybody? Coulter Nuanez, Skyline Sports. You can find this podcast, Big Sky Breakdown, skylinesportsmt.com. Coming to you on St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. It's going to be a great weekend. The beginning of March Madness, the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament, it descends upon Indianapolis. It's a single site for the first time ever, and I'm going for the first time ever myself. And Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, will be heading to Indy. We'll be doing my daily radio show, Nuana is now live from Indianapolis on both Friday, March nineteenth, as well as Monday, March twenty second, and Tuesday, March twenty third. Then we'll be back in the saddle. In this Big Sky Breakdown, some Big Sky Conference angles. We're going to start out with uh, our ESPN roundtable with Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach. His team went to the championship of the Big Sky Tournament last week. A great Big Sky Tournament, a great run by the Bobcats. So we'll hear from Danny Sprinkle. We're also going to hear some Montana angles from around the NCAA Tournament Raleigh Wooster, a kid from Missoula, Montana who's played at Utah State. He was once upon a time committed to the Montana Grizzlies, but now he's an outstanding freshman for the Aggies. They played Texas Tech in the first round of the NCAA Tournament, so we caught up with Raleigh on Nuanas Now earlier this week. We'll also share an interview with Raquan Evans. Raquan Evans is a Billings Skyview product. His father, Israel Evans, played for the Montana Grizzlies back in the mid-1990s. Raquan, he went to Billings Skyview and then he went to North Idaho College, and now he's a senior at Florida State. There a four seed. They play on Saturday against UNC Greensboro. So a kid from Montana playing in the ACC making all of us from around the great state of Montana very, very proud. And then we'll finish up with Wayne Tinkle, former University of Montana head men's basketball coach. He is coaching the Oregon State Beavers. They're a 12 seed. They ran the table in the Pac-12 tournament to earn an automatic bid from the Pac-12. Coach Tinkle, great job by him and his squad to get into the NCAA tournament. So we'll share his appearance on Nuanez now as well. And then, if we get around to it, we might have a little bit with Riley Corcoran as well just previewing what the weekend is going to hold for us. We're going to cover Eastern Washington, the Big Sky Conference champions, as well as all those Montana angles. And I'm trying to check out Cade Cunningham, the potential number one overall draft pick in the NBA draft from Oklahoma State. also want to check out Evan Mosley from USC He's going to be a lottery pick as well. The big man from uh, Portugal who plays for Utah State, I can't pronounce his name, but he's seven-one and he looks like the real deal as well. So we'll be mobbing around all over Indianapolis. We'll give you all sorts of updates on uh, Skyline Sports' his Twitter at Skyline MT or at SkylineSportsMT.com. It is the Big Sky Breakdown proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications. Blackfoot Communications, taking care of all of your networking and technological needs. Really happy that they are so proud of us and really happy that they are such big supporters of podcasts throughout the state of Montana. Thanks to Blackfoot Communications for being part of the Big Sky Breakdown. Danny Sprinkle, Montana State Head Men's Basketball Coach, right after this.
1: Better business internet is here. Blackfoot Communications delivers unrivaled reliability and dedicated bandwidth for businesses. And our fiber-based network is ready to meet your needs. Contact us today and ask about a free fiber build and new competitive pricing. Call 406-556-1700 or visit goblackfoot.com slash connect. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications.
0: Well, it's time now for our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. And this week we welcome in a weekly guest on this show, but this one will be a little bit different interview because his team just won on an outstanding run, and it was something that was really fun to cover this last week in Boise. Montana State second-year head men's basketball coach, Danny Sprinkle, joining us for the ESPN Roundtable. And Coach Sprinkle, there's a lot of details to get to, but just broadly, you must be very proud of your team. Winning two games at the tournament, your first time actually getting a chance to coaching the tournament even though you guys made the tournament last year so i mean how would you sum up this recent run all the way to the title game for the bobcats knocking off the number one seed you must be pretty proud of your guys
2: yeah you know you know proud of their belief in themselves and each other and you know i mean once you get to the tournament anything can happen you know and and we had to go you know through a really physical idaho state team and i mean you saw the game i mean it was a it, it was like a football game and uh you know for our guys to battle through that and then obviously to you know play great against the number one seed in southern utah and and find a way to to win that game in overtime and play a great 45 minutes and uh you know and then we just kind of ran out of gas against eastern you know and, and you know probably a lot of it had to do with them um you know they jumped out to a fast start and kind of you know kind of took a little, a little wind out of our sails but you know i was proud of our guys to you know battle back you know and get it to you know, cut it to nine and still have a chance. You know, if we could have got a couple shots to fall, you know. But it showed me, you know, how much it meant to to these guys, and uh, you know, and and they really believed.
0: There's so many dynamics that go into these tournaments, but one of the dynamics that I've always found fascinating is a lot of times there's a lot of hype surrounding some teams and there's a lot of non-hypes surrounding other teams. A lot of times teams use that non-hype as a motivating factor, but also sometimes the hype can be something that carries you or also maybe something that weighs you down. And I've covered the Bobcats now for 11 seasons, and I remember there was a couple teams uh, before you returned to your alma mater that really talented, but it seemed like they just had this this ghost over their shoulder Shoulder, this this pressure to win g- tournament games and it seemed like your guys didn't feel that this year and in fact the opposite they wanted to kind of kick down the door and they showed a ton of toughness so th- what, what was the mentality of your team coming into this thing because it seemed like you guys were very determined to uh, sort of change the narrative around Montana State basketball
2: yeah you know I don't I don't know uh, I don't talk a lot about the whatever negative stuff I guess of the past if there is that um you know, we, we, I talk a lot about the positive stuff and, you know, the players, the former players that are still sending me text messages and rooting them on. Like I I want our guys to know that they're, you know, they're playing for the fan base. They're playing for the people that played before them. You know, I, I just think that's so important at schools like ours where, you know, it, it's, it is important to the community. It's important to our former players that, you know, that these guys compete for them and, uh, You know, and I I really think our guys have kind of bought into that. And, uh, you know, they – they, and I just think when you set an expectation, like, you know, our – we didn't meet our expectations. You know, like everybody's kind of excited and and all that. Like, I'm I'm really not that excited because we didn't – we lost the championship. You know, and, yeah, I'm proud of our guys competing and getting there, but we didn't do what we set out to do. You know, their goal was to win the championship, and we didn't do that. And so now we got to – you know, reevaluate what we got to do, and and uh, you know we got to get better this spring and summer. Every team in the league is going to get much better. Um, they're going to recruit, 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 and we got we got to do the same. And and uh, you know, there's still a lot of stuff we need to improve to get to to win that championship.
0: That element, just the confidence amongst a group, the confidence individually, I think is such a fascinating part of sports. Because I, th- I think about this with guys in the NBA all the time. Because a lot of guys, a lot of times, guys in the NBA, they take a lot of heat. You know, like Kyrie Irving, for example, he thinks he's the best player in the league. Well, how is he going to be the best player in the league unless he thinks he's the best player in the league, right? But I guess how yeah. do you balance that confidence of knowing, hey, our expectation is to be in the championship game, but do that with humility?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it goes, it goes back to the work that you put in. You know, I think, you know, you like we grinded pretty hard in practice, especially in December. Um, when we when we're able to actually be together for an extended period of time. And I think the guys always kind of trusted that work. Like, they knew how hard they were working. And so when you kind of hit those moments of adversity, like, they they know how to respond because they, they're like, man, I didn't put that work in for nothing, you know. And, you know, they they know what we need to do to, to take that next step. You know, obviously now, I mean, we pretty much played every – you know, the only team we didn't play this year was, I think, Montana. Um, We ended up playing the other two. There might be somebody else I'm missing, but um, you know, so you know, they they they've seen the players, they've seen the talent in this league, and uh, you know, they know what they need to do.
0: Dave Spriggle joining us. He's Montana State's second year head men's basketball coach here on the ESPN Roundtable. His team just coming off of a run to the championship game of the Big Sky Conference tournament. I want to get into that championship game a little bit, but first, I want to ask you a couple more just about the the Southern Utah game because uh, that was a Classic college basketball game. Honestly, if that would have been the championship, that thing would have been on ESPN because there was an amazing amount of amazing plays. Guys yeah. stepping up, the the momentum shifting from each side back and forth. So while this thing is playing out, I mean, there was a couple moments where it's where you were you might be thinking, "Oh man, we're losing the momentum," but then big plays. I mean, Jabril Bellow's block <laughs> yeah. and Aminadamu steal, and I mean the list goes on and on. But that must have been quite a roller coaster to coach in that game.
2: It 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 was like you're so locked in, and it's crazy because like I didn't even know Almond had 29 points cause right. the only thing I'm looking at is I'm just looking at the score. Like okay, we're down three, we're up two. You know, like hey, what do we got? What do we got to do next? And you know, and when you go back and watch it, just like you said, to see some of the plays that both teams made. You know, I mean Jabril's last second shot. You know, I mean every you know Abdul Muhammad hit a huge three. You know, Nick Gasalis hit a three. Like you know, and it's it was awesome to see on both teams, you know, like guys just stepping up. That's what the tournament's all about. Um, You know, and I mean that last shot, I mean, I couldn't believe how close that was to going in, you know, for their kid, Dre Marine. Um, I mean, he shot it from about 35 feet and that thing rimmed in and out. Now we were, we had had talked about fouling on that play and we, we didn't. And uh, you know, it was you know, it was one of those where, you know, you have a freshman guard, guarding the kid and, and uh and I think he just he took a little burst and, and Kellen didn't wanna foul him just in case he was gonna shoot it quick. And uh, you know, obviously thank God it worked out for us.
0: Only one team gets to end their season with a win, or at least at the conference tournament, and only one team. Period. By the time the NCAA tournament's over, but what was your impressions of that Southern Utah team? Because that's a team. I mean, they went. They they were the outright big sky champs. They only lost three games during the regular season. They got the number one seed, but you guys take them out. But that was a pretty darn good team.
2: I think it's a it's an absolute travesty that they're not in the, the NIT. Right. You know, I, I don't I don't know who does the NIT. I don't know what. Like I'm, I'm not smart enough to figure that stuff out, but for them to not be in the NIT is an absolute shame. The year they had to win the regular season with some of the teams that were in our league this year. And like you said, 20, they were 20 and three. And if you look at, you know, a couple of their losses at Weber state, who was super talented, they didn't, I don't think Weber lost a game at home. You know, they beat Eastern Wash, or they lost one game at Eastern. Then they beat Eastern. Like that's, that's two of the four losses. You know, and then obviously it was a heck of a game in the tournament. And you know, for them and I think they lost on a last second shot to Loyola Marymount, the first game of the year. And so for them for them to not be selected, uh, I mean I wanna use different words, but I think it's it's a slap in the face to the big sky because they're they they could go wreck some shop in that NIT tournament.
0: They absolutely could. I mean, their backcourt just in itself is one of the better backcourts in mid-major college basketball, so it is really unfortunate. Dave no Sprinkle joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. He's Montana State's men's basketball coach. And, Coach, in the championship game, Eastern Washington out to a 13-3 lead. They push it to 29-9. I said this on Twitter. I watched Eastern in live and in person six times this last season. And They had a 10-point lead by the first media timeout every single game that I watched them in person. That in itself puts so much pressure on a team, but your team responded. Uh, you chip away a little bit in the first half, but then you really come out after in the second half and make it a much more manageable deficit. So, First of all, how is Eastern able to put so much pressure on everybody that they play right out the gates, and how much of an influence does that have in the way the rest of the game goes?
2: Well, first thing, if I'd have known that stat, I would have told you not to come to the game until the 14-minute mark. <laughs> no you know, kidding. I'd, I, I would, if I'd have known that, I'd, told, I'd have made sure security had you out of the gym until after the first time out. But they just, yo, know, they, they got a veteran crew group and they just, they're so explosive offensively. You know, they they spread you out and it's, it's really hard to take away one thing or the other. You know, and it seems like, Okay, hey, we might pack the paint. Okay, well, then they make 10 threes. Okay, well, now we're going to guard the shooters. Now Tanner Gross goes for 30. You know, and they're just – they're so skilled and, and, you know, offensively they just – they find the weak link. You know, if you don't have five really good defenders, like they move the ball and they're so smart just basketball IQ-wise, they're going to they're gonna keep moving the ball until you have a breakdown and then they get a good shot. And, you know, even the shots they miss are usually good shots. You know, but it, you know when they all of a sudden get hot, you know that's that's when they're almost impossible to beat.
0: Eastern Washington now, as the Big Sky champs, they take a 14 seed into the tournament. And coach, do you have any opinion on the the uh, the draw for the the Big Sky champions?
2: I'm sorry, what was that?
0: Do, what, what did you think of Eastern Washington's draw? getting a 14 seed and then playing Kansas and Indianapolis.
2: Yeah, you know, I I think. Uh, I mean, they can upset, they can upset anybody. I think it's a good draw. Um, You know, I think it's even better now that, you know, hopefully a couple of those kids from Kansas are at least out the first game. And, uh, you know, I know, I think the McCormick kid, you know, who's a really talented kid at at Kansas is not going to play. And I believe the Wilson kid. And so, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can go and, uh, you know, make the big sky proud. Um, You know, I really like Shantae and his group. You know, we, almost shared a conference room with him and, uh, you know, just talking to his players, man. They're great kids and, uh, you know, we're definitely rooting for them and, you know, hoping they represent the big sky well.
0: Dave Spriggle joining us on the ESPN Roundtable. And, Coach, let's talk a little bit about the future. Your squad, you do have uh, uh, several seniors uh, in Amin Adamu and Xavier Bishop, Devin Kirby, Abdul-Muhammad. I know that a lot of those guys have decisions to make because there is this extra year, and I'm sure that they're probably going through that process, so no need to speak on, on their personal decisions. I know Devin Kirby, though, had a nice note on Twitter, kind of thanking everybody from around Bobcat Nation and around the state of Montana for his great experience five, uh, five years in the program, and Abdul Muhammad had a nice note himself. But uh, we not, not talking about the futures of those guys, but just talking about the present. I mean, those four guys, they must have meant a lot to your program here as you continue to build this thing in year two.
2: They did. And uh, you know, obviously, DK, you know, being here before I got here, but just really buying into everything we preached, you know, and you know, he 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 sacrificed a lot, um, you know. I thought he was a tremendous teammate. Uh, he's all about the blue and gold, you know. Like he, he's just he's a program kid. He's got an infectious personality, you know. And and uh, you know, we're gonna miss you know, we're gonna miss him being around day to day. You know, Abdul Muhammad came and had a great you know, senior year after he graduated, you know, this is the opportunity that he wanted that he didn't get at North Texas. And he took advantage of it. You know, he was our energy spark plug in practice uh, in games. Like he, especially the last six games, you know, he he was tremendous and a huge reason for our success. You know, Xavier Bishop, you know, the first player to commit to me when I got my first head coaching job, the first kid to actually believe in me and say, coach, I'm coming. And uh, so that, you know, he means a lot to me. And obviously he had a terrific season you know, and Ahmed Adamu, you know, who committed about a week after, uh, you know, Xavier. And he's – just the growth he's had in two years and, you know, his his ability to, like, take coaching because it wasn't easy for him at first and really, you know, buy into the structure of the Division One level and, and how hard the grind is every day. And just to see him improve on and off the court has been, you know, that's been the biggest joy for me.
0: We talk a lot about your players, justifiably so. I mean, this is about the players for sure. But I want to ask you a little bit about your staff because I think your staff has done a tremendous job at these last couple of years. So just talk about those guys a little bit.
2: I mean, I'm so fortunate to have these guys. Like, they're they're completely bought in. They're loyal. They're tremendous people. Um you know they love Bozeman. They love Montana State, and it's hard to find. You know, especially at this level, cause you you usually find guys that are trying to get to the next spot, next next spot. And you know they're just they're ingrained here. They're they're invested in winning. They're invested in our players. Um, you know their relationships with our players is tremendous. Uh, they take care of them, and, and you know they've they've done a great job. You know, from recruiting to you know coaching on the floor, and you know and the main thing that I that when I hire them is like, are they a good person? Are they a fit? And are they all about the players? Um, you know, it, it can't be about you as a coach. If you don't have good players and you're not invested with them, you have no chance. And, you know, they're not just invested with them on the court. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, you know, trying to develop these young men for for things that are going to happen 10, 15 years from now. And they don't like it all the time, but they will in 10, 15 years. And my staff has done a, unbelievable job and you know i i probably don't tell him as much as i should but you know I'm, a, I'm super fortunate to have those guys
0: having a guy like coach russell dan russell on your staff too that's been a head coach before has, has that helped you a little bit now as you navigate your first couple years here as a
2: head coach i mean yeah uh i mean it, it's it's been a big jump for him too you know just coming from the junior college level to here uh and then adjusting back to being an assistant coach. And you know, I think it's one of those things where, you're like, I've never felt out of place even from the first game at Utah State. Like, it just it felt natural. But I had, I had prepared for this for a long time, you know. And you know, Coach Braswell and Deidre Taylor and even Brad Hughes, who I worked for, like, like that's who, that's who developed me. And like, I was, I was ready when I got it. <sighs>
0: that that's such an interesting element of this because it seems as if you have been so comfortable in this role this entire time as well but f- through your lens i mean what's this experience been like for you these first 2 years coaching at your alma mater
2: it's it's been awesome you know i mean it's been a lot of mental energy and physical energy and, and you don't you don't realize you know as an assistant you know you always think you know but you don't you don't you don't know you know how much stress how much pressure uh just the day to day mental energy that it takes, you know, from, you know, managing, you know, I call it managing up, you know, managing your athletic director, your senior women's administrator, associate athletic director, president, you know, your booster club, you know, your players, your staff. Like there's so many things that you have to manage and juggle and you still have to be efficient at all of it. And you have to make sure, even though there's all those things going on, like the main reason I'm here is for these 15 players, you know, and so I got I to gotta really pour into those guys and and make sure that I'm present at all times when I'm with them, whether I haven't slept in three days and the kid comes into my office and wants to talk about some personal things, I have to be there. I have to be mentally there and ready for that conversation so I can help him. And, uh, you know, it, it does become taxing. <laughs> and, you know, I haven't had a break since since I got the job. You know, I haven't even been able to go back to L.A. and see my buddies and, and hang out because of COVID. As soon as last season hit, like, it was just a grind again. And, uh, you know, so I'm hopefully, knock on wood, that, uh, you know, I get a couple days to, you know, to go back down and, you know, see some friends or just kind of just get out and kind of clear my head for a couple days.
0: Well amazing that we've been talking for twenty minutes and we haven't even mentioned COVID, which is a good thing. That's what we like to do around here on Nuana to not talk <laughs> exactly. about that whole miserable element of our lives. But coach, last question for you then. Hopefully we're on the other side of everything that's gone on in the world. It seems like we're making a lot of good progress, but yeah. just broadly in the future. What does the future hold, the immediate future for Montana State? What are your goals this off season?
2: Yeah, I mean we're gonna we're gonna get after it. Um you know, I know you know we're we're not satisfied, and I'm going to make sure that our staff is not satisfied. And I'm going to make sure our players are not satisfied. Um, you know we we still have a long way to go. You know we're still we're still on the ground floor of building this, and you know did we have a good run? Yeah, we did. And but that doesn't mean anything next year. You know, and you know next year is going to be a new year. It's going to be a new team. You know we got some good incoming freshmen that I really like, and and you know we got to ingrain them to to what we how we do things here and uh you know we need to we need to take the next step. You know, it's not a you know, I, I'm not I'm not happy. I like I this I wanna I wanna I wanna be in Indianapolis right now. And and I'm maybe that's just me, but that's just how I am. I'm not I'm not happy that I'm not in Indianapolis right now.
0: It's the key to success, never being satisfied. He's Danny Sprinkle, Montana State men's basketball coach, joining us on the ESPN roundtable. And, Coach, you made people around the state of Montana very proud. I know you're not satisfied. That's a good thing. I think everybody will love to hear it. But congratulations on a great season. And most importantly, thanks so much for spending so much time with us here on Nuanas Now each and every week he joins us. And that's about as consistent as a contribution as we've gotten from anybody. So we really appreciate all the time you spend with us. And best of luck with everything in the offseason. We hope to catch up with you soon.
2: You bet. Appreciate you guys. And and the only time I don't want to see you is the first four minutes that we play Eastern Washington next year. I'll make sure
0: I show up late. That's a promise, Coach. (laughs) Thanks so much for being with
1: us.
2: (laughs) Thanks,
3: man.
1: Better business internet is here. Blackfoot Communications delivers unrivaled reliability and dedicated bandwidth for businesses. And our fiber-based network is ready to meet your needs. Contact us today and ask about a free fiber build and new competitive pricing. Call 406-556-1700 or visit goblackfoot.com slash connect. Connect to more with Blackfoot Communications.
0: And now we're happy to welcome in a good friend of the show, a guy who joined us a bunch during his outstanding career as a Missoula Hellgate Knight, and now an outstanding freshman basketball player for the Utah State Aggies. They take on Texas Tech in the first round of the NCAA tournament. It's Raleigh Wooster. Raleigh, thanks so much for joining us, my man. How are you?
3: I'm good. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate you for having me on. Let's talk about Utah State in
0: general now because we haven't caught up with you in a while. I know we had you as part of our Senior Spotlight series of interviews last year and it's kind of focused around Hellgate and the season that you guys had, the, the great run you had, and then sort of the disappointing ending, not getting to close out the deal. But here nor there, no, no need to rehash the past. Let's talk about the here and now. You Now you're almost complete with your first year at Utah State. What's the college experience been like for you? What do you think of Logan? What's it been like playing your first year of college basketball?
3: yeah uh logan's been great you know obviously it's a little different uh with covid you can't go uh, as many places or meet as many people because you're trying to stay away but uh no it's been fun uh fun town to live in you know uh me and my team and roommates we all get along and go out to eat and stuff and then uh, basketball wise it's been great obviously we have been having a lot of success this year and hope to keep that going now um And then I'd say the biggest thing that's cool, though, is uh, we actually got to have some fans, and everywhere else in our conference, we didn't, but uh, it was only like 1,500, but it still got loud, so it was cool to have that support.
4: Talking with Raleigh Wooster, nine points, four assists, four rebounds per game. Started 24 games as a freshman, Raleigh, and obviously you were a big piece to the puzzle here as Utah State goes to the NCAA tournament. My question to you is, did you expect to have this kind of role coming in, or when did you maybe know that okay, I might have a starting role here, and I can play with the likes of a, a Kada down low and be able to pass the ball around to all the talent you guys have. So, Raleigh, did you expect to have the kind of role you did or, or when did it kind of shift for you when you knew you were going to be on the floor a lot?
3: Yeah. Um, for As far as stats or, like, how I'm playing, I just go out and uh, do my thing, and that just kind of happens on its own. But um, for, like, the starting and being able to play right away, uh, for me personally, I expected it just because I felt I was ready um, through all the like off-season work with my uh, dad, you know, teammates, uh, coaches, and everyone who's helped me out. But um, I don't know. I, I think I was ready and I was prepared for the moment, and I uh, just got the opportunity.
0: Transitioning to the college game, playing in the Mountain West, which is one of the best leagues in the western united states what was the biggest transition what was maybe the most surprising part about playing at the highest level of college basketball
3: yeah I, I think the biggest transition is just the size and the speed you know the game's a lot faster pace um and we got a great team so in practice especially in the summer before season you kind of start getting used to that and then uh, we have a lot of good big guys too especially um kada obviously i mean he's One of the best bigs in the country, and I just think getting used to that size and length, you know, learning how to play um, with guys that big out there makes a huge difference, Uh, and I'd say that was the biggest thing for sure.
4: 91 assists already in your freshman season. Raleigh, we talk about it a lot when it comes to the national stage with college basketball, life on the bubble, and you guys were certainly on the bubble the last couple of weeks not knowing if you're going to get in or not, make a run all the way to the Mountain West Championship game. What was it like maybe from a stress perspective or just within the, the inner circle of your team the last couple of weeks knowing that... You weren't sure 100% if you guys were going to be in, if you were going to be out, and what was Selection Sunday like as you guys were waiting to see your name call.
3: Yeah, I would say the most stressful part was definitely Selection Sunday, because uh, that's kind of out, our, out of our control at that point, point. Um, and especially for me, obviously never doing that before, just sitting there waiting. Uh, I was sweating, you know, your stomach's tight, and you're nervous, but yeah. Um, Before that, you know, when we can go play, uh, we knew we had a chance, a really good chance, actually, if we made a run in the tournament, Um, and obviously we did that, and it didn't come out our way in the end, but um, definitely Selection Sunday was the most nervous point, but it was a relief to see our name pop up on the screen, and uh, we were all super excited, so that was awesome.
0: Riley Wooster joining us. He's a Missoula Hellgate alum, a Missoula native and a freshman for the Utah State Aggies. They're a number eleven seed headed into the big dance to play number six Texas Tech in the South region. That game eleven forty-five A.M. Mountain Standard time on Friday. If you need a place to watch the game, NCAA so Tournament is on at the Silver Sliver. They have 55 TVs for you to watch them on. Plus, they have great specials like 18-piece wings with a pitcher of beer for just 25 bucks during the tournament. As always, the Silver Slipper has great drink specials every single day, 20 Kino machines, a liquor store, and Tarantino's Pizza. There's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team or any team for that matter, including the Utah State Aggies. Again, 1145 a.m. on Friday against Texas Tech and Raleigh. I want to ask you about one of your teammates, Alfonso Anderson. He's a guy that I got to know a little bit during his time when he was getting recruited to the University of Montana, and then he came to Montana just for a minute and then ended up going to North Idaho College and then ended up back at Utah State. But he did spend some time in Missoula. So did you guys ever trade Missoula stories, or are you guys able to connect on the fact that this is your hometown and, and he spent some time here in the Garden City? Uh,
3: yeah, especially when I uh, first moved to Logan, because we're roommates, actually. Uh, Me, him, and Marco Anthony on my team. But uh, just when I first got there, you know, it was like common ground to get to know each other, uh, talk about some things. And I actually, like, I didn't know until he told me that he was at Montana for a little bit. But then looking back, I remember...
4: But uh, yeah, we we shared a couple of stories together. Uh, Raleigh, what has it been like being in the bubble? I mean, being around Grizz basketball for me this year it was it was certainly tough, and I couldn't imagine being a player this year. But I, I guess just a two part question: number one, what are some of the main sacrifices that uh, you've noticed throughout the last couple of months? And number two, what's it been like since you've been to since you've been in Indianapolis the last couple of days, or whenever you guys got there to get into NCAA protocols?
3: Yeah, I'd say just uh, during the regular season, last couple months, um, I think the biggest thing, you always make sure you have your mask on around people um, and try and keep your distance. And then um, I think just not going out like to eat as much as you can and stuff like that because uh, uh, the biggest deal is just to stay away from people you don't know. Um, and the college experience is kind of getting to know people, I'd say, is a big part of it. So that was kind of different. Um, You kind of just go do your stuff with the team, and then you're all online anyway, so you're just spending a lot more time in your room or, uh, in my case, my apartment. But um, just to try and be safe so we can play because that's what we love to do most. And then I'd say for uh, the tournament here, uh, we're all isolated in our rooms for the first day or two we got here. So that was the biggest thing, just because you want to test and uh, hope the results come back negative, and then you just kind of sit in your room and wait for a day or two, which can get boring. But um, besides that, it's not too bad. You just got to make sure you wear your mask and just be smart and try and stay away from other teams and people.
0: Raleigh Rooster joining us, Missoula Hellgate alum, Utah State Aggie. I want to ask you about Coach Smith. What's it been like playing for Craig Smith? He's definitely one of the up-and-coming coaches in college basketball. He's done a great job both at South Dakota and now building that thing at Utah State as well. Taking over some momentum from uh, former Grizz head coach Stu Morrill, who was one of the architects of Utah State's initial rise to national prominence. What's it been like playing for Coach Smith? What do you like about his coaching style?
3: Yeah, it's been great. Uh, Really fun experience, and he's a player's coach. You know, He cares about us a lot. Um, And he values our opinion, too. So he'll ask us questions or how we feel about things. Um, And so you can kind of get a perspective and have your input involved as well. Um, And then he just lets us play. You know, we we get to go out there and um, he recruited us for how we play, too. So he just wants you to go be a player um, and just use your instincts, which is really fun.
4: The opponent up now is Texas Tech. And from a national perspective, uh, of course, we saw them in the national championship game a couple of years ago. When I saw this matchup, probably the first thing I thought of was defense because both of your both you guys and Texas Tech hang your hat on the defensive side. So I know you guys are probably just getting into your prep, the scouting, everything in between. But when you saw the matchup in the last couple of days as you guys start getting ready for the Red Raiders, what do you think of Texas Tech? And uh, what do you think of this matchup as you guys will be on the national stage this weekend?
3: Yeah, uh, like you said, we're just starting to get into all that stuff. But um, just from watching them earlier this year, just catching parts of their game, um, they're really athletic. You know, they got a lot of talented players, um, and they do pride themselves on defense. They cause a lot of turnovers. So uh, we just got to be ready, you know, move the ball, take care of it, um, and just play our game, honestly. But they're definitely a solid team, and it'll be a fun game.
0: They do. They run that great press that helped them get all the way to the Final Four a couple years ago, and... uh... (laughs) So you're going to have the ball in your hands quite a bit. How do you mentally prepare yourself to go against that? Because it's going to be a frantic style.
3: Yeah, you know, and uh, we have some experience with that, especially early in the season our first game versus VCU. um, Teams that like to pressure and deny and get into the ball a lot. Um, I think the biggest thing is to just be mentally ready for it um, and meet the ball, you know, our whole team and just be ready. I think that's the biggest thing, not get caught by surprise and just always be ready for them to throw whatever at us.
4: You've had some big-time games this year, Raleigh. i got to ask, is there a highlight? Is there one that stands out, whether it was your first game? or I-, I remember watching you on national TV have nearly a triple-double as a freshman, and Doug Gottlieb was gushing all over you. You had 19 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists against UNLV. I figure that one might be a highlight, but is there a game or two that sticks out to you? And I know that it's about the team's success and everything in between, Raleigh, but is there maybe a game or two that uh, you're going to remember that's going to stand out above the rest here in your freshman year?
3: Yeah, um, I mean, that game statistically was obviously a great game for me, uh, and it was fun, too, because we just came off a loss versus them a couple of days before, um, so to not get swept and to come out and play the way we did uh, was really cool. And then I'd say probably my first game, just because all the butterflies I had, you know, it was the first college game, and then the first shot I hit was a pretty good moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, besides that, I don't know if I have a specific. Um, yeah, I mean the conference tournament was really fun too. All those games, uh, and yeah, probably the UNLV one. Then probably my first game, I'd say, were some of the just coolest memories so far.
0: We got another one upcoming, and uh, I know that every kid growing up playing basketball that has Division one aspirations, probably the number one dream is playing in the NCAA tournament. So, have you gotten a chance to really? Absorb this and and realize that, hey, you guys are going to be playing in the big dance here on Friday.
3: Yeah. And I think uh, having the opportunity, or I guess we didn't really want to, but having to quarantine our rooms for a day or two uh, really made you soak it in because you didn't, you had nothing to do. And uh, it's a cool experience so far, obviously, and will continue to be. Uh, And that's, like you said, it's everyone's dream. So it's just super cool to be here. Uh, and enjoying the moment, but uh, we're also here to win, so we're ready to go.
0: Raleigh, who's for joining us? Missoula Hellgate alum a Utah State. Aggie will get you out of here on this, Rally What is going to be the keys if Utah State is to move on in the second round and beyond in the NCAA tournament this weekend?
3: Uh, I think two things. I think, one, we just got to take care of the ball and have good ball movement as a team, and then I just think play our game. Uh, every game we've gone out, we just play our way. Uh, We always find a
0: way to win, and I think that's our best bet. Well, Raleigh, I know it's a busy week for you. We really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to talk to all the fine sports fans around your hometown. I can tell you I speak on behalf of all Missoulians and all Montanans. Everybody's incredibly proud of you. Keep representing the Treasure State like you have been, man, and best of luck on Friday. We'll catch up with you soon. Yeah, thank
3: you. Again, appreciate you having me on.
0: Raleigh Wooster, Zola Hellgate alum, Utah State Aggie. How cool is that?
3: It's super cool,
0: man. I mean, I, it, it's uh, there's been a lot of really great basketball players that come out of Montana, and there's been guys that have, I think there's been a, a lot of underrated guys that didn't get the chance to go D1 that could have gone D1. There's been a lot of guys that have gone D1, they have had good careers, uh, particularly for the Montana schools and the Big Sky Conference. And uh, it's been few and far between, though, especially in the modern era, where guys that are true Division I talents have gone elsewhere besides Montana, Montana State. So, first of all, to take the risk to do that is big time. But it's also just worth noting, I mean, Utah State has one of the great basketball traditions over the last 30 years of any school in the Western United States, period. I mean, they have one of the great home court advantages when they can pack that place, one of the best student sections in all of college basketball. I mean, the spectrum is amazing, man. I mean, to me, everybody knows about Cameron Indoor. Everybody knows about Pauly Pavilion. Everybody knows about, you know, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse and and some of the most vaunted venues in college basketball. But to me, the three most underrated venues in the West right now are Grand Canyon, which oh. I still can't believe that that's even a real thing, that this this non-existent former Division II school now gets 10,000 students.
4: And they won the WAC, by the way. They, they won the WAC. The tournament. They're
0: amazing. Grand Canyon, what a story. It's really too bad that, that Dan Marley had, what, I think three, maybe four 21 seasons. Then he has one down here. When they were first tournament eligible, they don't get in uh and then and then they get fired, but great job by Bryce Drew to keep it rolling there. It's a that is a a a, a sleeping giant, but here nor there. The other two really underrated uh venues in the West are the Pit at New Mexico and the Spectrum in Logan, Utah. And uh for a Missoula, Montana kid to be represented in the Mountain West, and not just on the roster, but to be a big-time contributor. I mean, he was runner-up for Mountain West freshman If he year.
4: didn't get hurt, we didn't want to harp on the injury with him. But after that game against UNLV, he was in a boot, and he missed or was very limited the next couple weeks. But besides that injury... That, he's the freshman of the year in one of the best conferences in the country, Raleigh Wooster. I mean, averaging double figures, scoring. Coulter. when you watch him play, he does not play like a freshman. He does not, he's grown man. Oh, my gosh. It is
0: so much fun. And the He said it, though. He said, I, yeah. I knew that I was going to be ready. And you mentioned his dad. I mean, shout out to Scott. I know Scott yeah. was on the show. But Scott has worked with Raleigh so much, and it's why he has such a developed game. But we talked about Crystal Redpath, our uh Big State Conference Women's Basketball Insider. We talk about this all the time. The missing element in today's game is guys that are just gym rats. Guys that just want to go out and play. They know how to play at any level in any run. A lot of times, all this structure, all this AAU and club ball, and then they get in Division One. it's all this practice. And, I mean, I get it. I get what the formula is. But, Raleigh Wooster, you could throw him in a game anywhere in the United States of America. And he's, he can hang because he has that natural, art
4: of the beautiful game ability. It's confidence, not arrogance. And you can yeah. see it by the way he plays. I mean, to, he seamlessly works together. With and I've been following Utah State the last couple of years. This is why that it, it's so fun to watch. He seamlessly has moved into a rotation of a top twenty-five program, really, in Utah State. For sure, as a freshman point guard, and he really should have been freshman of the year in the Mountain West Conference. It has been so much fun to watch him, um, and I, to seamlessly move in there as a freshman. His future is incredibly bright, and this is unreal to have the tournament experience. But I will say this: you could tell by his keys, he is going to be tested might. because Chris Beard over at Texas Tech, what's he see? Okay, they got a freshman point guard. We need to put pressure on him. So Raleigh Wooster, for better or for worse, is going to be in the spotlight on Friday. And Grizz fans or any fans just around the entire state, watch Raleigh Wooster because uh, he'll be talked about. As for good reason, he deserves it. It's been really fun to watch him play.
0: Hey, it's Coulter Nuanez from Nuanez Now, your favorite daily sports talk show. And we're hitting the road again. This time we're going to the heart of America, Indianapolis, Indiana, to take in the NCAA Tournament. Riley Corcoran and myself, we will be broadcasting Nuanez Now live Friday, Monday, and Tuesday, live from Indianapolis, Indiana, as we take in all the great action of the NCAA tournament. There will be no Nuanez Now on Thursday, March 18th. Nuanes Now, the tournament takeover for the NCAA men's basketball tournament. Continue our tournament takeover. This is very cool. Another Montana connection for us. He's Raquan Evans. He's a senior guard for the Florida State Seminoles, and they are into the NCAA tournament this week. Number four seed in the East Region, and uh, should be a great job for Florida State. They've had a couple great tournament runs in recent years as well. Their fourth consecutive appearance. Raquan Evans, a native of Billings, Montana, and in his second year there at Florida State. Raquan, I know it's a busy week. We really appreciate it, man. How are you?
5: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's just I'm just happy to be here.
0: I know everybody's happy that you guys are there, and it's going to be a great week and a couple weeks here for everybody around the country getting just a little bit of normalcy, getting to watch March Madness. But tell us first, just what's it been like being in Indianapolis? I know it's been sort of strange having to kind of isolate to get your testing all in order, but now that you're kind of into the middle of the week, what's the last couple of days been like for you and your teammates?
5: Um, the last couple of days haven't been as busy just because of, um, pro- protocols and everything. And with, um, COVID testing and like being able to be in the gym a certain amount of time. But I mean, I don't mind. It's kind of something that, uh, we've been doing back home as well. Just like, you know, practicing social distancing, COVID tests, just trying to stay home. And I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, I'm still like, again, I'm happy to be here and it's going to be a great experience.
0: Tell us about Florida State this year. I know you guys had a couple losses down the stretch but still come in with a number four seed, and you had that great win against North Carolina in the ACC tournament that probably solidified that four seed. So how have you thought of just the way the Seminoles have played down the stretch here?
5: Um, I I, I feel like we've been playing well. Obviously, there's um, tons of room to improve, and um, that's what we've been trying to take this time to do is just find new ways to improve and just to get better so we're hitting on all cylinders um come tournament time. But... um. You know, we made a couple mistakes towards the end of the season. We probably lost a couple games that, you know, we had control of and that we should have won. But, I mean, it's all about learning. And as long as we're taking those uh, steps to learn, I feel like we can make a, a real big run in this tournament.
0: Last couple of years, uh, under Leonard Hamilton, Florida State has been a team that's made runs, so what's it take just as an athlete and as a team to kind of readjust your mindset when it is now into March Madness, into the NCAA tournament? It's kind of a one-and-done scenario, so how do you get, How do you kind of reset and prepare yourself mentally to make that run?
5: Yeah, um, I mean, during the season, you know, if you make mistakes, you kind of have a couple games to, or a couple practices to turn it around and be better for the next game, but you know, at the tournament, I mean, if you lose, you're out, so... Just making sure that we're firing on all cylinders. Um, We're staying disciplined. We're paying attention to details, you know, just doing the little things and um, sticking to who we are. I'm just trying to make sure that um, myself and my team and our coaches are just sticking to our game plan and just being who we are to, you know, make that run.
0: The ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, definitely one of the most prestigious and best conferences in all of college basketball. How much do you think just playing in that conference then prepares you for this time of year?
5: Oh, um, it's helped me a lot. You know, throughout the year, you're playing against so many different players, you know, so many athletic players, um, all sizes. So um, that's how the tournament is going to be. Like, you're going to play some teams that are completely different. and You're going to play other teams that you're used to playing. So um, just playing a bunch of different teams, uh, it's helped a lot. And I think it's going to help us, you know, come up against our first game, you know, with personnel-wise and, um, you know, just ways we can attack. I feel like, you know, playing in this conference is kind of, um, you know, preparing us for this tournament.
0: Florida State, again, a number four seed coming into this tournament, 11-4 and four this year in the ACC regular season, made it to the ACC Conference Tournament Championship game as well. Raquan Evans, he's a native of Billings, Montana, as well as a Billings Skyview product, a senior for the Florida State Seminoles. And Raquan, let's talk about Montana a little bit. First of all, did you keep tabs on Skyview this year? They got a great win in the state championship game this last weekend. So did you hear about that from Coach Morales at all?
5: Um, yeah, I actually heard about that uh, the other day. I'm so proud of them. That's, that's uh, amazing that they won it again.
0: It is amazing. And, and Skyview, since you first were, were there, kind of turned it into a dynasty now. I think that's their fourth title in the last seven years, so they really got it rolling. So take us back to when you were coming up in Billings and playing at Skyview. I mean, how much do you think just the experience of playing uh, at Skyview for Coach Morales and, and winning a couple state championships yourself kind of prepared you for then the next steps in your basketball career?
5: Yeah, um, you know I have a tremendous amount of respect for Coach Morales. You know he was always wanted to be a winner. He was new into the program as well, so you know kind of setting the statement early. And um, you know in those practices, he he uh, displayed it every day that you know he's a winner and he wants us to win. So um, just learning a lot from him, learning how to compete. You know, learning what it takes. Um, you know, just the intensity, uh, the dedication, and all that. I feel like it has helped me uh, throughout my career as well.
0: During your time at Billings Skyview, definitely one of the best players in the state of Montana. I know when you were coming out of Billing Skyview, you have the talent to maybe go a lot of different places. You ended up going to North Idaho College after initially being committed to Rocky Mountain College. Take us through that part of your, your life and your basketball journey. I mean, what, what was all going on and what was the decision like to go to NIC? And when you do go to a, a junior college and you are kind of trying to grind to make your way out and sort of betting on yourself, so to speak, what sort of mentality does that take then to go get big-time offers like you did?
5: yeah um you know junior college i I had a great experience i know a lot of people have their different um experiences and their thoughts about junior college but i mean i feel like if kids have opportunity to go they should go because um it taught me a lot you know it kind of um it taught me how to take care of my business um have a different approach for the game have a different approach of you know becoming a man and um i just stayed disciplined i picked up new habits working out all those little things that i had to do to get me to this level and um You know, it's kind of like flip the switch a little bit. And, you know, if it wasn't for North Idaho, I wouldn't be here. So um, Juco was a great experience. Um, I love every part of it.
0: Not many better places to go to junior college than Coraline, Idaho, especially if you're there in the summer, though, right?
5: Yeah, it was beautiful.
0: Living on the lake, living the good life, to be sure. Raquan Evans, a Billings, Montana native. He's a senior guard for Florida State there, number four seed, heading into the NCAA tournament. You're listening to Nuanes now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. Or maybe you're watching in statewide, SWX Montana Television. Just your se- sense of self-confidence. I mean, obviously you have to believe in yourself to take the path you did to get to the ACC. So where does that come from?
5: Um, I mean, that comes from my family. You know, I have a great support system back home. Um, You know, my brothers have great friends who always push me to be the best that I can be. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, as long as you got that support system and you have the confidence in yourself, I feel like the sky's the limit. And um, I just made my mind up in high school that, you know, no matter what, I'm always going to believe in myself. And then sure enough, it landed me here.
0: Do you think it's your, it's your brothers that is the biggest supporters of you? you know you had a dad that played basketball as well where where does he fit in the mix and and how important is that family element to you just knowing that you do have a bunch of people that are in your corner
5: um it's very important to me you know at the end of the day, whether you have bad games or not, you know your family's always going to be there you know I hear it from my dad, I hear it from my mom, my little brother um you know my little brother he Uh, he's great. I mean, he's always in my ear, whether we win or lose, you know, every day he's constantly talking to me, supporting me. So just having that feels good because, you know, I can go out there and be myself and win or lose. I just know that, you know, I have um, that support system and that motivates me to want to play harder and want to, you know, reach new levels.
0: Florida's a long way from Billings, Montana. So what are some of your favorite parts about living in Tallahassee and what sort of things have you sort of that have been different about your experience living across the country?
5: Um, I'd say the thing that's a difference, pro- well, the first difference I noticed is was the uh, weather coming here. It was just really humid and, um, you know, I don't think it gets humid in Montana ever and I'm so used to the snow, so it's not snowing, like, those are just the little adjustments I had to make. But, um, I mean, it's a great experience just to be able to, you know, get out of my environment and my comfort zone and, you know, just explore. So, um, you know, I love Tallahassee, it's a great place, um, just that city, um, I mean, it's a really nice city. It's nothing like Montana, but I'm glad I got to take the opportunity to, you know, venture out.
0: I know you're very concentrated on the moment that is the game on Saturday, as well as uh, these next couple weeks, if and when you guys are able to move on in the tournament. But what's next for you? I mean, have you contemplated what your future might hold? And and if so, what what sort of things lie in front for Raquan Evans?
5: Um, I have not decided. I just, uh, you know, just trying to stay 100% committed and focused to this tournament and, you know, whatever outcomes and whatever, um, you know, God has planned for me, then that'll play out. But uh, as of right now, I'm just trying to focus on, you know, this March Madness and hopefully win a championship.
0: Raekwon Evans, native of Billings, Montana, Florida State, Seminoles, senior guard. His team takes on UC Greensboro in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Have you guys looked at the matchup much? And if so, what do you think of the draw?
5: Yeah, um, UNC Greensboro, they're a tough team. They got a lot of good guards, a lot of good bigs. So, you know, we got to be on our P's and Q's because March Madness, you know, anything can happen. And um, they're going to come compete. You know, they're in the way of a championship, and we're in their way of a championship. So making sure that we take every assignment serious and, you know, take this team serious because they're a really good team.
0: And last question for you then if Florida State is to make a run that a lot of people are predicting, what's it going to take? What are the keys for the Seminoles this week?
5: Um, just discipline and, you know, that killer mentality and hard work. You know, play your hardest and win, lose, or draw. Like you got to gotta know that. We're giving it 100% effort, um, trusting your teammates, trusting your coaches, and it's just going to take the little things to get us to the championship.
0: He's Raquan Evans, an alum of Billings Skyview and a proud Montana and playing for the Florida State Seminoles representing the great state of Montana. On the biggest stage in all of college basketball, his squad takes on North Carolina, Greensboro in the NCAA tournament, 12.45 on Saturday. That's Eastern time, so 10.45 here in Montana. Saturday, it'll be taking place at Banker's Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Raquel, we're making the trip across the country. We're going to hit as many games as we possibly can, and uh, we'll definitely be there in person to watch you on Saturday. But in the meantime, we really appreciate it for everybody in Montana. I know we're very proud of you for representing the state the way you have, and uh, thanks so much for joining us today, and best of luck in the tournament.
5: Thank you. I appreciate it
1: better business internet is here blackfoot communications delivers unrivaled reliability and dedicated bandwidth for businesses and our fiber-based network is ready to meet your needs contact us today and ask about a free fiber build and new competitive pricing call 406-556-1700 or visit goblackfoot.com slash connect connect to more with blackfoot communications
0: The big dance is back, and that means so is the ESPN Missoula Bracket Challenge. The field of 68 teams for the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament will be unveiled on March 15th. Nuana is Now, Matea's favorite daily sports talk show, and Paradise Falls of Missoula will be hosting the biggest Bracket Challenge blowout ever with hundreds of dollars in cash and prizes up for grabs. For more details on how to enter the Bracket Challenge presented by Paradise Falls, be sure to tune in to Nuwana is Now each weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. for your chance to win big. And we are happy now to continue our tournament takeover. We'll be headed to Indianapolis this weekend. We'll be catching games all over the great city of Indianapolis, including we're planning on hitting up the Oregon State game against Tennessee. And it should be a good one. We go now to the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in a good friend of this show, good friend of mine, and a guy that has a lot of ties to the great city of Missoula, Wayne Tinkle, the head coach from the Oregon State Beavers. And Tiggs, congratulations on the recent success. How you doing, my man? Thanks so much for joining us.
6: Oh, man, great to hear your voice. It's good to be with you guys.
0: Let's start at the here and now. Oregon State, uh, kind of an up and down year. It's been a weird year with all the cancellations. Really hard for anybody in the country to find consistency. But you guys now are coming into the NCAA tournament, one of the hottest teams in the entire country. You win the Pac-12 tournament. You fight your way into the big dance. So just take us through this recent run. It must be pretty cool for you and your guys to take a little momentum into the big dance this year.
6: Oh, Colter, it's been a crazy ride. I mean, you know, you you hit it on the head. We we started out, we had some really tough losses early. Uh, We attributed a lot of that to the fact that, you know, we didn't have our summer workouts. Uh, The fall was abbreviated. You know, they pushed back the start of the season. And we had probably the most inexperienced team we've had since, you know, early on here at Oregon State. And we knew what we had. We just knew it was going to take time. But all the while, you're suffering those losses, and you have people, you know, that that are upset, disappointed, and, you know, right, rightly so in that stretch. But, you know, we knew as a staff that we'd, we'd accomplished some great things at Oregon State and that we just needed time to gel. And to our, the credit of our guys, man, they just hung in there through it all. They didn't listen to any of the naysayers. They just went to work every day, brought their hard hats and lunch pails. And we told them our teams always – peak at the right time. So if you guys just hang in there, we're going to be, this was it, we're going to be where we need to be come March. And they bought into it. We went down to Vegas with a lot of confidence. You know, we eked out a tough, tough uh, first team uh, against UCLA. And then I'm telling you, our guys, you know, they were world beaters. They didn't think anybody could stand in their way from that point on. And here we find ourselves uh, in Indianapolis ready to play in the NCAA tournament.
7: Coach Sean Rainey here. Uh, great to talk to you. I know obviously whenever you make the tournament it's it's an awesome feeling no matter what. But is how how much different does this one feel just knowing, you know, like when you went there with Montana a lot of the times you guys were favored and, and predicted to win the conference things like that. But when you're when you're predicted to finish 12th in the in the Pac-12, like does this does this trip feel just a little bit sweeter just everything that you've gone through and, and how people thought of your program outside of it before the season started?
6: No, for sure, for sure, it does feel special. It's it's great to hear from you too, buddy. But uh, you know, I tell you, not not just the fact that we were picked 12. You know, in, in our our preseason media deal, I just kind of said, I guarantee you, we're not going to finish 12. And it wasn't like this resounding. I'm overly confident. It was just kind of like, well, it's stupid. <laughs> we're we're going to be better than that. You you know, you guys you guys just don't know it. And so it wasn't like an insult or any of that. It was just a matter of fact. I knew I knew we wouldn't be last. And then it kind of turned into a little bit of a rally cry down the stretch. And uh, our equipment man, Ryan Lawrence, he uh, he and I, he said, hey, our Nike shirts came in. Nike always does really cool shooting shirts for their programs for the NCAA tournament. Uh, or I'm sorry, for the postseason. And so I, going before we went to Vegas, I said, can we put somewhere on the T-shirt 12th? I said, I think that would be kind of a cool, you know, deal for our guys. He goes, well, yeah, we could put it on the outside, you know, by the neck, down below, by the hip. I said, no, no, I don't I don't want anybody to see it but the individual that puts it on. Let's put it somewhere on the inside. And he goes, well, I'll put it right by, you know, the label that has the sides because everybody will make sure they have the right size and then they'll see it. And so he did that in a matter of 24 hours and – the first guy to see it was Jared Lucas. Who you guys, if you've seen us, he's a really confident kid. Score, uh, and of course it was appropriate. He would be the first guy to notice it. That's just his personality. But they got fired up, and so that was kind of our deal. Once we got to Vegas, you know, it was us against the world. Uh, and and to their credit, they were they were a really confident group. And after we got the UCLA win, there was no way they were going to be denied against Oregon, and then. Uh, even even in the championship game against Colorado, who had beat us twice, uh, and it just made us super proud of the guys. And you know, then then we here, here's the funny thing: you get you guys being Montanans will love this. So we get back to the hotel after the celebration and media and all that. It was probably eleven fifteen, eleven thirty at night in Vegas on a Saturday night. Now we're supposed to remain in a bubble. You know, the last thing you want to do is drop your guard and mess things up for the tournament. But then we get the word that we have to leave at like eight thirty the next morning to get on a charter to come to Indy. And it was like you know, we really got cheated out of celebrating. And you know how us Montanas, you know, can celebrate a good a good victory, right? Oh yeah. So and we get we get up we you know, I think our guys found a way to have a good time in their hallway, albeit, you know, as safe and healthy as possible. And then shoot, next thing you know, we're landing in, in Indianapolis. We're forced into our rooms and we can't do. We can't leave for 24 hours. We can't leave our room. And we tested right when we got here. Then we're quarantined. Then we leave to test again. And it's it's been a crazy ride. But I'm so proud of this group for hanging in there. I'm 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 thrilled for all of the believers that stayed with us through through the good and the bad. You know, and, and here we are. You know, ready to tip it up on Friday. Um, and and well, how about winning the first ever you know, championship in Oregon State's history, Pac-12 tournament championship. So it's been a great ride, and, and again, I'm so pleased for the staff and, and, and the players for, you know, the way they've ridden everything out and stayed together through it all.
7: Yeah, I mean, and what does the media know, right? I mean, you could, you could. this is a chance, I mean, you could take a shot at, you know, all of us idiots in the media, that anybody that picked you 12th, you know? I mean, it's just...
6: <laughs> well, that was my, that was actually my first comment when they said that. I said, well, you guys are rarely right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I promise you, we're not going to finish last.
0: Nuwana is now. Wayne Tickle joining us. Sean Rainey in studio with me, Coulter Nuana. Wayne Tickle, former University of Montana basketball players, well, well as former University of Montana head coach. Now, head coach of Oregon State. His team heading to the NCAA tournament. They're a 12 c They will play Tennessee. But, coach, I want to ask you about what you said a little bit earlier. You talked about your team's seeming to always peak at the right time. So a two-part question for you. I know that what we did, the Grizz Greats, the Coaching Tree podcast series, which is one of the great pleasures of my career. It was so fun catching up with everybody that comes from that Judd Heathcote Coaching Tree that is coached at the University of Montana. But I've heard multiple coaches from that tree talk about the process of peaking late. Travis DeKir talked about it even recently as his team went and actually made a little run of the Big Sky Tournament after having kind of an up-and-down year as well. So, First of all, how much of influence does sort of the way that you came up, both as a player and a coach, influence that strategy? And how do you go about peaking at the right time uh, when it is uh, heading into March in college basketball?
6: Yeah, that's good stuff. You know, I I think a lot of it are, you know, the principles we've learned at Montana, the important parts of the game, which, you know, are starting with the basics, the fundamentals, you know, and it's getting tougher and tougher every year to get these guys to buy into some of the old school drills, Coming to a jump stop, you know, pivoting, hitting guys in their numbers when you go to pass the ball. None of them want to do any of that stuff. That's not what they see on TV. But 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 those are really the rudimentary fundamentals that that build success. And it's the discipline within all of that, the routine. I remember playing for Mike Montgomery, and this is before we had restricted hours per week to practice, and and we would have four hour practices like basically throughout the year. Wow. And it was two hours of offense, two hours of defense. <laughs> and we would, we would run five on O running through all of our plays every day, you know? And it's just like, come on, man, we're, we're in January. We know all this stuff, but he was never going to leave anything for chance. You know, he, when he called a play late in the game and he was confident that we knew it because we'd run it a million times, you know? And, uh, those those things matter, and so it takes a while to put that in in play. And you know, yeah, we suffer some tough tough losses early because we don't have it all in, we don't have it put together. Maybe people say we put too much in too early, uh, you know, and and that keeps us, you know, from from hitting our stride earlier. But it's the way it's the way we do things because having played it in the big sky where it's a one bid league. So there's no concern about what your net score is from the preseason and da-da-da-da-da. It's playing your best ball in March when you when you get to the Big Sky Tournament because that's when you need to peak to get a chance to go to the big dance. Now, we've had to tweak some of that at, at Oregon State because, you know, obviously we proved several years back, you know, we got an at-large. Um, you know, you, you you've got to pay a little more attention of what you're doing in the preseason. But, you know, this year's team, as we only have two players on our squad that have been in our program for more than a year, so we we were a young team, an immature team. We had a lot of pieces. I already talked about all the stuff we missed in the off season, you know, in preparation. And I don't think our fan base understood or appreciated that, you know. And we just kept grinding. We, you know, I, I I don't get on social media. You guys probably look and understand why, but I just I couldn't I couldn't let that stuff because I care too much. And I I would respond to everybody on there, whether it was good or bad, just because that's the kind of person I am. I just couldn't have that, you know, that distraction these last few years. But, you know, you look at it, at the end of the day, we won 10 league games, you know, through it all. And it's the second time in 30-some years that Oregon State's won at least 10 10 league games. The other time was two years ago, you know, when, when we thought we got robbed from the NIT. So, we knew we were building things in the right direction, especially after the year we had all the injuries and only won five. The thing that makes me the most proud is we didn't compromise. We didn't change how we do things. We didn't push the panic button. We didn't cut corners to get players, you know, that sort of thing. And we just stayed true to all the things that, you know, were were what made us who we are. And, and I think the influence from the days at Montana were instrumental uh, in that because it's, you know, you keep keep your nose to the grindstone. You don't cut corners. You, you just outwork people, and you know that that will pay off. You know, and, and here we are in the position
2: we're in.
7: Coach, I think one of the, the coolest things about Montana is it's, you know, since it's so small and it's such a community, that when anyone from Montana goes somewhere else, everyone still follows and, and supports them. What has it been like just as far as getting all these, you know, Grizz fans reaching out and supporting you guys? And I think there's, you know, going to be, uh, you know, a ton of Montana fans out there cheering for you and Oregon State this week.
6: Well, I tell you what, I never knew how much I was loved uh, until I left Montana because I think so many people were happy to see me go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, it, it was unbelievable. I did a show uh, I don't know, earlier in the week, and I talked about my roots in Montana, and, and I said when I looked at my phone Saturday night, uh, the texts and emails that I had, uh, there was as many from my Montana friends and supporters as there was Oregon State, and I said it, it, it just it made me feel great, just like the stories you did about you know our kids after they moved on, you know from high school and, and you know on Trace and, and most recently, I said it's re- it was really cool. You know, that even though we've been gone for, you know, over seven years now, that, you know, they still follow us and support us and are interested in us. And it's not a surprise because, you know, uh, people people in Montana are just incredible. And that's why, you know, we'll, we'll always go back. But uh, it really made us feel good. It makes us feel special. And you still, I mean, each day there's more and more coming in. And, and it makes us really proud of, you know, just what we what we did there, but the relationships, you know, that we forged just uh, incredible.
0: Wayne Tingle joined us, head coach of the Oregon State Beavers. Let's talk about the tournament, coach. You got the 12 seed. You're playing the Tennessee Volunteers. They're pretty darn good. Rick Barnes got it rolling down there in Tennessee. <laughs> what do you think of the matchup and uh, what do you think of a couple of these guys that Tennessee's got? Because I know Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer both projected yeah. NBA first-round draft picks, so quite the task at hand for your team.
6: Oh, it's a challenge, you know. And this is where you know we're 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 happy to be in it. And I, and I always marvel at the guys that argue over seeding, and you know we should be a three, not a four, and da da da. And I and I get it, you know. Had we not squandered a couple of those early season games, you know, we probably would be a single digit seed, having won the Pac-12 tournament, and our our conference was very very competitive. And in fact, a month or so ago. We, we we had a Zoom call and we were talking about the last two weeks of the season and should we adjust it because of the games that were missed. And, you know, we wanted to play Tier 1 games to strengthen this, and make sure we got four in. And I reminded the group, four, I said, guys, remember, we have an automatic, you know, bid for the champion of the tournament. We could, we could get as many as five. And it kind of proves prophetic now because – and, in fact, I held up my five fingers after we won it to the crowd, and it was to signify we're getting five in, you know. And so it's, it's important, but, you know, we've got the 12 seed. They're a five. They're really good. They're out of a conference that's known for its athleticism and speed and quickness. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge. And you mentioned the two freshman guards that, you know, are projected if they come out as potential first-rounders. Um, but I don't want to. I don't want to cut short. You know the talent that's within our league. I mean, Oregon's as good a team. You know that's 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 out there. Maybe outside of Gonzaga, and and you know Colorado's as good a defensive team as there is in the country. UCLA is oozing with talent. You know, so it's it's like we've played against it. You know, and last week we ran the gauntlet. I mean, we we beat UCLA in the first round matchup, then Oregon, the number one seed, then, you know, Colorado back-to-back you know, neutral site victories. We, we had not done it in I don't know how many years where we beat, you know, a, a ranked team at a neutral site, and we did it back-to-back last week, so we're riding a pretty good wave, and it, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, we got to figure out a way that, never mind scoring, we got to just get shots up. <laughs> They're so good defensively, but we'll have a plan in place, and, and then the big key is, I think, this run, we, we've kept our guys' minds free. We've like, free your minds. You know what it takes to have success. We're just going to challenge you to go do it. And that's, that's you know, execute, play harder than your opponent, and enjoy each other. We got boat raced at home against Arizona by 30-plus. Now, we were missing a couple of our main guys. We We had just come out of an eight-day pause because of COVID, only had two practices to prep. And and they put it on us, and we had a heart to heart staff meeting lasted seven hours. The next the next day, we pushed back practice so that we could have time to do that. And we brought the team in, and we said, "Guys, right now, you, you guys have put so much expectations on yourself. You don't know what success is yet. This is what's going to lead to it." And we mentioned those three things that I just did. Let's buy into that. It'll it'll mean we're being successful. We can't promise you when it will lead to wins, but it will eventually, and that's when the season flipped for us. The guys really bought into it.
7: I think there's there's such an aura about the tournament that I don't think unless you've gone there, it's hard to describe the feeling of it. What's that like for you? How do you describe that? And is it any different going with Oregon State in a as a Pac twelve school compared to when you went as you know with Montana big sky, you know, it's just kind of like a, a little bit different kind of scenario. Is it, does the feel, is it, does it feel any different? Is there anything different to it being, you know, with with a different school?
6: No, you're, yeah, it's a good point. You know, when, when you're a mid-major and, and, you know, we, we had a pretty good run there, you know, where we only lost one league, one league game those two years, um, you know, one each year. It, it's really cool. You're right in and it's like, you know, March Madness is all about upset. So you, you have that dream that you're going to upset the team that's you know gonna be ranked and you know we we almost did that the one year against New Mexico, and you know then we got shellacked a time or two, especially the last year with Syracuse when we were just inundated with injuries. I remember will cherry he shouldn't have even played yeah and he's so dang tough he limped his way through and and you know we won't that that was a tough deal, but you know now. We, when the first time we went at Oregon State, it was the first time in 26 years, it was just kind of cool that we punched the ticket, mm-hmm. you know, and, and everybody was excited. We we thought we were misseeded because Trace, you know, had broken his foot, unfortunately, and he was our second leading scorer, rebounder, shot blocker, steals, assists, all that. We, we knew it was going to be a tough road to hoe. And and now it's it's funny, with the confidence that we've got, the teams that we beat to get here it's it, we have a level of confidence like it, it to us it doesn't really seem like we're going to we're going to milk that underdog deal but we we feel like right now we can beat anybody now it tennessee's a different different animal they're they're really really good and it, it, you know I'll be honest it, it if we don't score the ball it could be it could be nasty but if we can find a way to get out of the gate and keep that thing close at half and, and, and make that game go as as long as it can. the pressure's all on them, and our guys are confident you know that we can close it out against anybody so uh, I feel really good about our mindset you know more so than any other year just because of the confidence and and, and really the freedom and spirit our guys are playing with lately.
0: He's Wayne Tiggle he's head coach of the Oregon State Beavers. They're 12-seed headed into the NCAA tournament to take on Tennessee. And, Coach, for all the people around Montana, we're proud of you. Thanks so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. I got to tell you, my mom stopped by today, and she said that she's your biggest fan this weekend. So I know that she'll be rooting for you hard, and uh, everybody else will as well. But thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate the time.
6: Please, yeah, hugs hugs around. Love and miss you guys so much. Uh, you know Montana's always going to hold a special Spot in all of our hearts, and and we're always going to be coming back. So, I got last thing I got to say: Go Grizz, go
5: Bees.
7: Yeah, thanks, so much. And we we have the we have a tournament challenge with the radio station, and I picked you guys. It's it's on paper, so I, my money is on the culture hasn't made his picks yet. So he's he got it. We'll see who he goes with, but I already I already got you guys.
6: All right, I love it. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. All the best.
4: Hey, thanks, Wade. Appreciate it.
6: All right, take care. Bye now.